From the Office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Audit ATX, a podcast about the audits and investigations our office does to make Austin better for all residents. We're your hosts, Maria and Kelsey. Welcome to our first episode. Welcome. Since this is our first episode, we wanted to give you a brief introduction into what our office does. At the City Auditor's Office, our goal is to make Austin better for all residents. We do this through audits and investigations. Wait, 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 Maria. What's an audit? The audits we do help city leaders know what they are doing well and what they can do better. We compare how things are working with how they should work. And when there is a difference, we recommend ways to improve. How is that different than an investigation? What's an investigation? Well, our investigations team investigates possible wrongdoing in the city, such as fraud, waste, or abuse by city employees or contractors. And don't worry, if you aren't sure what all these terms mean, we'll learn more about them in future episodes. In this particular episode, we're discussing an investigative report on fraud and waste at the Austin Public Library, which was released on October 5th. This report found that a library employee fraudulently bought and stole at least $1.3 million in printer toner, as well as other electronics and home goods. We're joined by Mike Yama, who conducted this investigation. Welcome to Audit ATX, Mike. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks for having me. Really happy to be here. So this report is about fraud and waste at the Austin Public Library. What happened? Can you just give us a brief overview to get us started? Sure. Yeah, let's let's jump right into that. I, I think just to give you a brief summary here, basically our investigation looked into an employee, a former employee actually, of the Austin Public Library named Randall Whitehead, um, who we found bought and sold more than $1.3 million in printer toner um, during his time with the library. Um, in addition to the purchases of toner, he also purchased um thousands of dollars of other items like personal electronics um, and home goods. And so that was the main focus of our investigation. And part of that also uncovered some pretty poor purchasing practices within the library that we, um, we also noted in our report. And just to make sure I heard you right, you said 1.3 million, right? Yes, that's correct. I know it's um, a little shocking at first, uh, $1.3 million in printer toner. Yes. Wow. What caused you to look into this in the first place? How did you even start this investigation? That's a great question. Actually, this this sort of started off and pretty similarly to how many of the other things we look into um, begin, and that is through our allegation system. Uh, so basically, in this case, like many other cases, we get um, anonymous allegations from, it can be really anyone, it can be um, a staff member in a department, it can be a, you know, um, a member of the community or, or anyone. So we received an anonymous allegation that this employee, Randall Whited, was buying and selling printer toner out of his garage. Um, so not a lot of detail. And so from there, we, we sort of look into things to make sure that it's within our jurisdiction, um, that being fraud, waste, and abuse. And once we determine that, uh, we'll do due diligence um, to see if the allegation has any merit. Um, And so in this case, obviously, um, the more we looked, the more we found. What do you mean by due diligence? So when we say due diligence, basically what that means is 
when we receive an allegation, um, you know, in this case, I'll use it as an example that an employee is um, buying and selling products that belong to the city, um, we will take initial steps to um, basically see if the allegation has any any truth to it. So, um, for for example, we could look at purchasing records, and if we do see that something doesn't add up, um, we would consider that uh, predication essentially to open an actual investigation. So basically, in a nutshell, due diligence is just sort of the initial work that we do when we receive an allegation. So you mentioned fraud, waste, and abuse, and and I know the report title has fraud and waste. The, the fraud and waste both occurred in this situation. What what do fraud and waste both mean in this situation? How are how are they different? Yeah. So fraud. Um, so in this case, at least, I, I sort of look at fraud and waste as being uh, two sides of the same coin, really. Um, and so obviously, the definition of fraud and how we use it is is pretty straightforward. You know, basically that someone intentionally misrepresents something um, in order to have some sort of personal gain, right? So in this case, uh, the employee, Randall Whitehead, misrepresented purchases that he was making for the city, um, which he then used for himself, obviously. And so looking back, if we take a step back, we look at the, you know, the total dollar amount spent by, by Whitehead when we say $1.3 million. So essentially, that's where we start talking about waste, so because he committed committed fraud, basically, the city incurred unnecessary costs of, you know, over a million dollars. Um, and so because those were unnecessary, um, we can consider them waste. When I hear about the details in this case, I can't help but think, how did this happen? How was someone able to get away with this? Can you walk us through that and what broke down here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I will sort of give you, um, you know, the high level summaries of several issues that we uncovered in our investigation that sort of, I think, led to uh, the perfect situation for this to occur. Um, so to begin with, uh, Whited was given a lot of responsibility at the library. Um, he, he basically made hundreds of transactions, if not more, per year for the library. Um, for things, you know, legitimately purchasing printer toner to, um, you know, pens, paper, you name it. He was making purchases for, for the library. Not only that, he had a role in approving the department's um, transactions on their credit cards. So while he was at the same time, you know, making all these purchases, he played a role in approving those purchases. Um, and not only did he approve purchases for other people in the library who had city credit cards, he approved or he had a role in approving transactions for himself. So you can see right there that, it, you know, that's a pretty, a pretty poor segregation of duty. Um, and then other, other things that we found um, looking at the purchase process, for example, uh, basically when he was making purchases on these credit cards, they would go to his supervisors for them to, you know, review the transactions to make sure they were legitimate. And oftentimes we found that um, those reviews were inadequate. Um, for example, they weren't catching instances when he was submitting receipts that had been altered by himself or times when he didn't submit receipts with uh, purchases he made, or even times we found that he submitted receipts that showed the items being shipped to his home address, which is outside the city of Austin. Um, so 
basically, you know, looking at management side of, you know, just not paying attention to, um, to the, the things that they should be looking for um, in purchase reviews. And another, another important thing that we noted was that um, management sort of lacked the operational knowledge that could have helped them uncover this um, sooner. Um, and that is to say that, you know, looking again back at the dollar figure of $1.3 million in printer toner, I mean, it's an absurdly high figure. And so it begs the question of, do we really need this much printer toner? Like, what are we, what are we doing with all of it? Um, but that question was never really asked um, in the department. Um, so overall, the lack of segregation of duties uh, paired with oversight issues, I think, created the perfect storm for this to go undetected for over a decade. And can you speak a little bit more to this term you're using, segregation of duties, and, and what exactly that means and how that played out here? Sure. So segregation of duties, when, when we say that, we're, we're essentially just talking about, you know, if someone, for example, has a credit card that they use to make purchases, they should not be the same person to then review and approve those transactions. You should have, you know, indiv- or independent parties doing, you know, both pieces of, of that. Um, and to take that a step further, uh, we found that oftentimes Whited not only uh, purchased items and then had a role in the approval process, but he also had things shipped directly to him at the Austin Public Library. So there's a even, you know, there's basically three steps that should basically be done by independent parties, right? The purchase, the approval, and then the receival of the goods. Um, So I think that sort of summarizes um, segregation of duties or a proper segregation of duties. Yeah, and what about the department's budget. I can imagine it must have been been overspent. How did that go unnoticed? Uh, you're correct. The, the various pieces of the library's budget were overspent um, in numerous years. Um, in some cases, by you know roughly four hundred percent. And I think the main answer I can give to that, how it didn't get detected, it, it actually speaks to the overall process of budgeting um, that the library was doing. And that, um, to put it simply, the library only looked at the bottom line of their overall budget. You know, So if they have you know, a $50 million budget, um, as long as they stay under that, they're not going to be too concerned with individual um individual line items, so to speak, um, if they go over budget. Um, they just they just want to focus on the overall figure. And, and so, Mike, why is this a big deal to the city and to, and to Austin residents? Well, I think, I mean, there's a, there's a couple factors there. Um, the first being, you know, as, as city employees, part of our job is respecting, um, you know, taxpayer funds. And someone here took taxpayer money and used it um, for their own personal gain. Um, and so that affects all of us. And, you know, looking in the current context of, of where we are as a city um, and a, a nation, I guess, overall with, you know, what's happening with the pandemic, you know, the city, it needs to be cognizant of how it's using its funds. Um, and so this, this is not an insignificant amount of money we're talking about um, that's just gone. So I think it, it's unfortunate um, and I think, I mean, I think that's really why, why it's, 
a pretty important issue for the city to address as a whole. Yeah, and at the auditor's office, we're, we're interested in finding issues like these, but also more so, I would say, interested in, in addressing these problems. And so they aren't, they don't continue to be, to be problems. <laughs> and so I know the report mentioned that the library began taking steps to address the issues found during the investigation you were doing. So what steps were those and, and what else is needed in order to prevent this from happening in the future? Yeah, that's correct. So um, basically when we sort of began doing this investigation and um, sort of briefed APL um, about what we were finding, um, they, they took steps pretty, pretty quickly to um, close down um, the type of credit cards that Whited was using to um, make the bulk of these transactions and overall, the library system has um, reduced the number of credit cards that they have. Um, so I think that's pretty self-explanatory in saying that, the, you know, if you have fewer cards, you should have um, less to look at when times come when it comes time to review. In, a, in addition to uh, reducing the number of cards they have, you know, they've increased the monitoring procedures they have over purchasing. So um, before this came to light, you know, Basically, Whited was able to make purchases um, without any prior approval. He could just go swipe his card somewhere and make a purchase. Now, um, credit card holders are required to um, get approval from you know their supervisors and say, like, this is what I'm purchasing and this is why. Um, in addition to that, um, they've they've increased the segregation of duties. Um, so I mentioned earlier that Whited had the ability to not only buy, but had a role in his, the approval of his transactions. That's um, That's been an address to where that, that's not going to be the case now. Um, and finally, um, the library also addressed um, issues with how things are being shipped to the library. So no longer can an employee have um, package shipped to, you know, for example, if they work at the Carver branch, they can't have um, a package delivered there. It has to go to a central shipping location and be checked in there. Um, so that should hopefully alleviate um, the um, anyone's ability to just have things go unnoticed. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Audit ATX. The Austin Public Library Fraud and Waste Report is available on our website at austintexas.gov slash department slash auditor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Austin Auditor, and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Bye-bye.